Welcome to Break the Mold. Think of this podcast as a place where you can get your dose of inspiration, motivation, and a shift in mindset as we invite extraordinary industry leaders and have real, raw conversations of how they broke the mold in their industry and share tips on productivity, health, wellness, and everything in between. Hello, hello, beautiful people. My name is Verdana Fortaleza, founder of Clean Beauty Brand, The Lifestyle Co. I am obsessed with everything self-care and have a passion for helping people be the best versions of themselves. With over a decade of valuable experience in business, I was inspired to launch The Life Academy. I am so excited to start this new journey with you. Hello everyone, I'm Diane Carante. I am a multifaceted publicist with a passion to elevate brands to their highest potential. My life mission is to never lose sight of your inner power. Aliza Kelly breaks the mold in defining what goes behind the passionate practice of astrology, spirituality, manifestations, and more. We discuss with Aliza on her decade of experience and meaning of how to apply these practices to progressively move forward mindfully and spiritually. Hi, Aliza. How's it going? Thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited to have you. And I think this is going to be a very special episode because it's so different from what we usually have. And I told you before, I think you have such a great story. And on top of that, I think your angle and how you do things when it comes to astrology is so special and different. I've never seen it done before. And I think you really are an expert in this field. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Everyone wants to know. How did you get into astrology and you always know that you have this gift? So I, I suppose I'll answer that in like kind of two parts as it is kind of a two part question. Um, I think that anyone, I don't necessarily think astrology is a gift. I think that it is a practice and it's a study and it is something that, you know, like any practice, the more time that you put in. The more you research, the more that you work with amazing teachers and mentors and guides. And then, of course, in astrology, the more that you take on like client work and put yourself out there and interact with different types of people in different charts, like you're going to get better. Um, But I have always been interested in astrology and magic and mysticism, tarot, numerology, spell work, manifestation, really my whole life. Um, I grew up in a household with a very curious, open-minded Sagittarius mom who in our library growing up, um, of which there were a lot of books. My mom really loved collecting books, maybe even more than reading them. She loved to, you know, just acquire like a really rich, beautiful library. And I remember there would be astrology books that were next to books on the Quran that were next to books on uh, Judaism, next to books on like the Kabbalah, on the Bible. So like in my house growing up, and I'm so grateful for it, there was a real open-mindedness, a real curiosity. And I think that that allowed me to explore. And in my early 20s, when I was living in Los Angeles, and I found myself really having a tough time figuring out what I wanted to do who I wanted to be friends with, really like trying to make sense of my person in this, you know, coming right out of college, trying to see if what I thought that I, who I thought that I was, was actually still relevant to my person and my identity. I found my way back into astrology, which has always sort of been there as an intrigue. But in my early 20s, I started taking it a lot more seriously 
And I actually started an astrology dating app with a friend of mine from college at about that time too, um, which we ran from 2013 to 2016. Um, so that was sort of like, you know, put me in the fast track of learning so much so fast, working with so many amazing teachers and mentors um, at first to sort of create content and the 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 premise of the app, you know, to build romantic relationships through astrology. But then even after that closed, I found myself still wanting to go deeper. Um, and that has carried me through my my whole career. So it's been almost 10 years of working in the astrology space now, which is really wild. I love it. I mean, I love astrology. You know, that's why I think I'm so attracted to you. And I think a lot of with astrology, it has to do also with personal development. When you were saying you were in a place where you were kind of just trying to figure it out and all of that, it's just, you know, when it, when you were in your 20s, it's, I feel like with astrology, it's like a, a great tool for you to really know yourself to based off the signs, right? And I think that especially with you so open and in tune, you're a great teacher for that space. Yeah. Thank and I think you. it's interesting to what a prediction or something attribute to whether it's something that's happened in your past and or something you want to look towards the future and you want to read it and then, you know, whatever your sign says for that week and creating those things are, I think, takes real talent to be able to break down the charts and the stars and really put some mindful and meaningful behind it. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's something that I am proud of being able to do is synthesize the technical really well and make it really accessible and approachable for people. Um, astrology is extraordinarily technical. And there's a yeah. lot of jargon, there's a lot of techniques, there's a lot of really sort of difficult concepts that one needs to, you know, know these practices in order to be able to make predictions or offer insight or create interpretations. And I do think that maybe thanks to some things in my own birth chart, I have the ability to sort of remove the clunkiness from that vocabulary and sort of go beyond just the vocabulary of astrology to get to the heart of its purpose and its value. And I see its value as exactly as you said, in being able to change people's lives, make people more receptive, more in tune, more empathetic, more compassionate to both themselves and to the relationships that they have. Let me ask you, so you were talking about your birth chart. How do you describe your birth chart? Because I feel like some people might not know what that is. How would you describe yours just so people can kind of understand what that means? Well, a birth chart is a map of the sky at the exact moment you were born. So we calculate it using date, time, and location of birth. And it basically takes the sky which, you know, is a obviously like a three-dimensional, perhaps even four-dimensional concept. And then it smashes it into a two-dimensional diagram. And in that two-dimensional diagram, we can see all of the different planets, all of the different zodiac signs, where the planets are in relation to those zodiac signs. So basically, you know, what if you are, you know, when we, someone says, oh, my sun sign is Virgo, right? It would be that the sun was in the Virgo area of the sky at someone's time of birth. And then we would also see their rising sign, what zodiac sign was coming up over the Eastern horizon when they were born, their moon sign, 
what sign the moon was in at their time of birth, so on and so forth. So that is going to give you insight into the position of where the planets and celestial bodies were, both the ones that were overhead um, and the ones that were on the other side of the hemisphere. So the ones that would have been beneath your feet um, at the time that you were born. So it it really reveals everything. Um, so astrologers use the birth chart for birth chart readings, also called natal chart. The birth chart is sometimes called the natal chart um, for timing, for predictions, for understanding personality, for understanding proclivities, and really everything that we are looking at on an individual level in astrology is built around the birth chart. That's really cool. I I wouldn't never imagined how extensive and universal like your life can come together in that way at the moment that you're born. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's it really is the sort of like jumping off point for getting to know yourself um yeah. on a much more intimate level. Right. Just had a Virgo new moon. What are the best practices for that? So New moons in general um, are a time for planting seeds, setting intentions, um, really sort of like, I guess, the setting the table for your manifestations, right? It's like laying out what you want, what you are interested in bringing into your life. Let's take a quick break and talk about the Lifestyle Co. Botanical Beach Mess. It has clean ingredients like aloe, lavender, and tea tree oil to help moisturize and hydrate your sun-drenched skin. Best part, it doubles as a natural toner and is a perfect accessory for summer. You can purchase it on thelifestyleco.com. That's life with a Y. And for our listeners, we have a special discount code for you. Break the mold for 20% off. Now let's get back to the show. So working with new moon energy, which is the beginning of a lunar cycle, is really like what do you know, what does the next 28 days look like for me? And then the full moon, which comes two weeks after the, every new moon, is the sort of like the climax of the lunar cycle. It is the halfway point. And during the new moon, we have no light in the sky. There is no luminary um, visibility because the sun and moon are at the same point, which means the moon is invisible. It doesn't have the reflection. But as the moon continues its own orbit, um, two weeks after the new moon, it is exactly opposite the sun, which is why during the full moon, you have total maximum illumination. And you have this big, beautiful, bright moon that's shining this celestial flashlight on everything. So a full moon is about revelations. It's about discovery. It's about sort of seeing what has happened, taking inventory of what has already transpired. And traditionally, a full moon is also a time for release, for letting go, for for relinquishing. Um, so the energy is sort of like you know, I like to think of a new moon as the inhale and the full moon as the exhale of the manifestation lunar cycle. I love that. I love the way you say that in terms of the inhale and the yeah. exhale. Yes. A lot of people, you know, as, with new moons and planting seeds and setting intentions, like that's very obvious, like, okay, yeah, that's obviously you're manifesting. But a lot of people don't think or don't realize that when we purge something and we let it go, which we usually do during a full moon, that that also is a form of manifestation. You can't just keep taking, taking, taking and bringing things into your life. You'll end up on spiritual hoarders, you know, like, yeah, that's you, so you, true. You need to purge, you need to cleanse, you need to let go so that you yeah. have room to stay present with yourself and really um, be honest about what you, what you're looking for. 
you know? Yeah. The whole self-reflection, it definitely can help, you know, open people's eyes and using those manifestations and what you're talking at where the full moon and the lunar cycle of all of it, it, it can also like bring them to a different, you know, step for tomorrow or do something to like progress mm-hmm. and not be held back. Yes. It's funny because I think some people full moon, they think that best to that's when they set the intention. But, you know, with the cycles, it just seems like that's the, you know, that's actually the time to reflect more to see yeah. how far you've come from the new moon. Yeah. I mean, reflect all the way, right? Reflect, right. reflect, okay. reflect constantly. But a new moon energy is going to be sort of, you know, like I, I like to visualize the new moon and full moon as we would have maybe, you know, 250 years ago in the forest. During a new moon, you have no nocturnal illumination, right? If you are mm-hmm. in the forest at night, you have no visibility. So you are not going to be moving around too much. You know, you're going to stay put. You're going to set your intentions. You're going to, it's more internal. It's more focused. It's sort of more personal. And then during a full moon, when you have, when the night really becomes, it's so bright, you know, and you can see and you have visibility and you can, you can move then this is an amazing time for like traveling. It's an amazing time for like making a change. It's an amazing time to implement different strategies because you actually have that, that illumination guiding you. That's amazing. And in going back to letting the illumination guide you, is this like how you also, how you define different horoscopes and what goes into your process when you are creating a sign, like a horoscope for each sign? With so, using all that too, right? Yes. Um, but writing horoscopes is a very specific type of um, astrology. Because obviously when you're writing horoscopes, you are not writing it on a personal level. Um, you need someone's birth chart to do that. And you're writing horoscopes for people to read, right? And usually they're broken down into the 12 zodiac signs. So what you do to write horoscopes is you actually set and this might be a little technical, um, but I'll try to (laughs) translate it. Um, So the rising sign of a birth chart is what sign was coming up in the Eastern horizon at that moment. So to write a birth chart or, or to write a horoscope, rather, what you do is you treat the rising sign as that zodiac sign. So if you're writing a birth chart for Aries, you look at a birth chart for zero degrees Aries rising. And that is how you calculate the horoscope. If you, you know, and then so on and so forth, zero degree Taurus rising is the Taurus horoscope, zero degree Gemini rising is the Gemini horoscope, zero degree Cancer is the Cancer horoscope, and then on and on. So a lot of astrologers recommend that you read the horoscope for your rising sign, as opposed to your sun sign, if you are looking for accuracy. Now, that is certainly true to an extent, but I write my horoscopes from the perspective of the sun, not the perspective of the rising sign. And what I mean by that is that the sun energy is really like main character energy. The sun's (laughs) perspective on things is like me, me, me. (laughs) Like, Like, what am I doing? What is my life about? What am I working on? What are my projects? What are my love interests, right? That's not so much the rising signs personality. So even though technically 
the rising sign, the position of the rising sign is more apropos for reading your horoscopes and having them, you know, just like timing wise hit with the predictions. My horoscopes have that solar quality to them. So you could read for your sun sign and it will still make sense for you based on what's going on in your life. So I guess, you know, the short and long of it is like read for both your sun and your rising whenever you read horoscopes, because that way you're going to get the best of both worlds. You'll get the best in terms of predictive timing with the rising sign, but you'll get sort of the, the true spirit of what's going on in your life with the sun sign. That's some beautiful gems to uh, tell everyone on the podcast, because I think not everything's linear, right? And people, like you said, people could be going through different parts of their lives while they still have this certain trait, which is the rising sun. So yeah, I completely, I completely understand what you're saying. You have an amazing show on Spotify and you always talk about the compatibility with love and all that good stuff. Like, I guess we're going into the fall and winter, right? So it's like that mating season and <laughs> cuddle season. Yeah. Like signs <laughs> are most compatible during this, during the season or does it matter? I don't think it matters because I want every sign to be happy and fall in love and experience the life that they want to live, you know? And we right. know that every person is all of the Zodiac uh, or maybe we didn't emphasize that enough, but every person has every single Zodiac sign in their chart somewhere. Right. So even if you are not one of the autumn signs, technically Virgo is still a summer sign, but Virgo, um, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, those are the autumn, the autumn signs. Even if you're not one of the autumn signs, like you still have those signs activated somewhere in your birth chart, which means you're still feeling the, that seasonal shift. When we move into here in the Northern Hemisphere, when we move into fall on the other side of, you know, autumn equinox is at the end of September and an equinox is equal parts light and dark, right? So we move into the space of sort of bifurcation. We're, we're getting, we're inching our way closer to it now where the days are going to get shorter, the nights are going to get longer. But as we sort of build up to autumn equinox, it's still really important to like take in the solar energy as much as you can energetically, because that is the, the sun still has precedent, right? The sun is still, we have more sun than we have darkness right now. So it's, you know, spiritually, it's like you want to sort of take in as much sun as you can, because that is your bounty, right? That's your harvest that you are collecting. And then on the other side, um, then we move into more of an internal, a more reflective, a more emotional, um, a more of a yin type of an energy. And that is what sort of leads us, you know, into cuffing season, <laughs> as it is often called, where right. we are partnering <laughs> up and trying to find like someone to sort of settle down with. And the reason for that, of course, is because we are looking you know, we're, we're connecting to the lunar part of us. It's more darkness, right? And in astrology, the lunar energy is about nurture. It's about protection. It's more receptive. It's more emotional. Um, it, it wants to be sort of like held and cradled and, um, be cared for in a different way than solar energy, which is much more like, you know, yang, it's much more aggressive. It's much more assertive. It's much more independent. Is about the way you explain how the lunar cycle cycle ours is so educational. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's so much more 
technicalities that comes that go into place when it comes to astrology like you said it there really is and it's like it's deeper you know when it comes to spirituality too because I, I don't know about you but do you think that with the seasons right like as a collective as a whole in uh for all of us everything's kind of shifting and i feel like everyone's shifting with the season right now and what do you think about mercury retrograde in this in this whole part yeah i think that mercury retrograde is a really important and interesting and chaotic moment. You know, I, a lot of the time people will be like, Mercury retrograde again. Didn't we just yeah. have one? Yeah. Like, is this endless? I'm feeling like their world is just not moving the way they want it. And it's, yeah. or something's rejecting. <laughs> so, you know, we actually do have, um, a lot of Mercury retrogrades. Um, yeah. we have three to four every single year of Mercury retrogrades. So it's, it it's a very normal part of mercury's orbit um it's uh it's a normal part of what we experience with this planet of communication of dialogue of technology um and unfortunately the things that mercury governs such as communication dialogue technology transportation <laughs> all of that stuff is really integral and essential in our lives so when Mercury goes backwards, but I think it's also important to note that it doesn't actually ever go backwards. It's an optical illusion. Um, so when we experience that optical illusion three to four times every year, yes, it, it definitely would appear that all of those things, communication, technology, transportation, et cetera, are somehow compromised. Um, and when we feel something to be true, it is true, right? Like if we feel yeah. that our you know, that we are more delayed than we usually are, then that is true in that experience. But what I like to remind people is that Mercury retrograde is not a curse. It is not going to ruin your life. It is not going to cost you important opportunities or important relationships. So if things like that are happening, it is not Mercury retrograde. That's the issue. <laughs> There's other things that are going on that have a bigger impact than Mercury. That's so good to hear and how you are able to remind people in that way because everyone just looks at it in the negative, like it's a negative in their life whenever it comes around. Yes. Or it's something to blame. So that's really cool. You're able to like break it down like that. And then you've said that you've worked in this space for 10 years, which is admirable. And I mean, that's a long time and you love doing what you do. Um, What advice would you offer seeking those that are pursuing or getting started and, you know, having that mission and purpose working in the spiritual industry and community. I would say that some of the most important things to consider is to really be mindful and track how your, how do I put this? What energizes you? Um, a lot of people who find their way into astrology and or tarot or, or some sort of spirituality, mysticism practice um, are also trying to actively figure out themselves. Right. And yeah, I mean, and you can say that with every industry, you know, you can say that in any, with anything, right? Like we, the types of jobs and opportunities and careers that we seek are also, they do speak to our shadow self, you know, if you want to, you know, be 
like a famous movie star, like that comes from some part of a wound in you, right? Like there's always that relationship. Um, But I think that with spirituality, it's really important to be super cognizant and aware of like, you know, what fills your cup versus what drains it, because that is going to be the fastest way to burn out, right? Like some people love doing chart readings, one-on-one chart readings. Some people are totally fatigued and exhausted by it. Some people love doing, making content, making videos. Some people are fatigued and exhausted by it. Some people love doing events. Some people hate it, right? So it's really based, it's like find what lights you up, find what activates you, but my sort of bad order, poorly ordered advice for that is to the only way that you're going to know is by trying a lot of different things. And by putting yourself out there, um, when I first started, I was doing events all the time. I was, you know, doing tons and tons of readings at like really accessible price points so that I could get as many different clients from as many different demographics and age ranges as possible so that I could get a lot of different experience with a lot of different charts and hear a lot of different stories. Um, I was just saying yes all the time to anything that was coming through because I didn't know. I had no idea what was going to be best suited for me. Um, And then over time, I was able to refine that more through being more mindful of my energy. But that is my advice is really to just say yes to things. Don't put Um, boundaries or blocks up to what you will or won't do. And then as you are doing those things, notice what are the things that fill your cup the most. I love that. That's really cool. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that to us, actually. You know, I think that's so true. As an entrepreneur, you know, in the beginning stages, you want to get your name out there and all that stuff. So it's hard for you to kind of put yourself first sometimes because you're looking at the bigger picture. So I get it. Thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing your. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Where like, tell us all the good things of where everyone can find you, where they could listen to your podcast and all the good stuff. I am everywhere at Aliza Kelly. So you can find me on Instagram. You could find me on TikTok. You could find me on Twitter at Aliza Kelly. My website is alizakelly.com. I also am the founder of a community that just celebrated its third birthday, actually. Oh, and happy it is called. Birthday. Oh, and <laughs> happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday again, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. The community is called the Constellation Club, which is a place to go if you want to learn more about any of the things that we talked about on this podcast or beyond that as well. Um, and then my podcast is called Astrology Dating, and it's every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern live on Spotify. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aliza. Thank you so much. Definitely link up again. You are such a beautiful soul. Um, We appreciate you coming on and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great evening, day, wherever you are. (laughs) I guess it's still very daytime there. So have a good day. Catch new episodes every other Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast as we invite new industry leaders on how they break the mold. Also, make sure to visit us online at breakthemold.com for updates and follow us on Instagram at breakthemold underscore podcast.